Greetings, cyberspace, and welcome to episode 233 of the Double Density Podcast with your host, Brian and Angelo. Double Density is your home to tech tales and paranormal primers. Now, first things first, Angelo, I know that you're outside of the Twitter sphere. So as of yesterday, July 1st, there were some issues, uh, quote unquote, that Elon Musk was pointing out about uh, issues about bot abuse and things like that. So he limited unverified accounts on Twitter to a max of seeing 600 tweets a day and obviously it has gone up incre- uh, incrementally since then but really like if you're a social media website you want people to see the most content right to stick around and 600 is really not that much in the grand scheme of things because most people have 600 subscriptions or what are, or follow they're following 600 people right that is correct yeah so I was watching people um, and also myself get hit with our, our uh, message that we got uh, rate limited um, yesterday. So I hadn't been on there all that much. I just thought it was interesting that, you know, uh, if you're looking to uh, create a social media website that is successful, you want people to stick around. You want to make it sticky, right? And uh, limiting the number of, of uh, pieces of content that one can see is not a great idea. I saw multiple people making really bad MS Paint images and saying, "Here's you just wasted one of your 600 of the day on this. It's the continuing downward spiral of Twitter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I just wanted to make a note of that because obviously you were probably not aware of that. Well, I was made aware of it by you. And now right. you're making me more aware of it on my regular Sunday night news uh, debrief. <laughs> so let us head back from the present all the way to May 5th, 2000, Angelo. So uh, listener Trish emailed us and said, tech questions. Do you remember the I Love You were malware? Did you know anyone who opened it? And the funny thing is that maybe two weeks ago, um, a couple of weeks, uh, a couple of days before Trish emailed us, I actually watched a very short Nation Squid video about the I Love You worm, and I totally forgot about it. Um, is it because I, I, I it. turned you on to Nation Squid? I had not subscribed to Nation Squid. Okay, because I had mentioned Nation Squid to you a while ago because he's he makes amazing... I guess semi-nostalgic videos about internet stuff just came out with a new one where you're actually seeing his face now, which is really weird. But uh, yeah, is it weird when 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 like uh, content creators do face reveals? In a way, um, especially like, how did you because feel I don't know who that is, but I, I, especially when it's something like Nation Squid, where you know, in my head, I think he's the same age as me. But like when I see him now, he looks twelve. But I don't think he's twelve. But I think he's probably younger than you, and you're a youngin. Thanks, Angelo. So the I Love You Worm um, essentially was created by two men in the Philippines. And what it would do is that um, unsuspecting people would try to open up emails uh, with the subject title I Love You. And then uh, the body of the email would implore people to open up the visual basic script, the VBS script that was named .txt.vbs. And that is kind of a way of, of getting around there. And it was kind of a perfect storm because Windows, uh, Microsoft had decided in Windows 2000 to hide extensions, like file extensions by default. So you um, saw a file, saw the .txt, and click on it, and it would do things like delete images, hide audio files, um, try to steal all of your passwords and things like that, and also send itself to the first 50 people in your address book. Now, I personally, to answer Trisha's question, never knew anyone who opened it. Um, my dad, I remember, did get it, and we promptly deleted it because by then uh, the news had hit kind of the mainstream and he was well aware of it. Yeah, I didn't get it either. I don't remember getting anything like that. And at that time, was it so 2000, 2001? When was it? 2000, May 2000. Yeah, I was still a PC user then. So yeah, I was still getting stuff like that from time to time. It was the Wild West really still of the internet and email, how you would still get emails from your family and friends saying, Bill Gates said that if you send this to 10 people, something amazing will happen. 
and never did. And you never ever did, did you? I and I even to me at the time when I was still an internet novice, I thought, how does Outlook know how many people you're sending it to, and why will it do something spectacular if you send it to ten people? The only one that I saw that kind of made sense was uh, making a larger inbox. Okay. Like if you send this to ten people, it would it would like up your inbox limit. But that was never true. That was never true, and I never believed any of that. I, I I've had the curse of being. Um, very realistic. I think I talked about this before on the podcast, but I, when I was a kid, I very quickly understood that Santa did not exist because the math didn't end up. Well, because he has to visit so many different places at the same exactly, time. Exactly, all at once, right? And then you hear uh, there were 25 million people in Canada. Like, it just didn't add up at all. So I knew very quickly um, that chain letters don't work on me. Um, I miss the days of calling a virus a worm, though. It's, it, there's a technicality there, right? Because there were worms, there were Trojan horses, there were actual viruses, or does virus encompass Trojan, uh, Trojan horses and worms? I say the virus is kind of a catch-all. What I'm saying is like the vernacular use Yeah, of we worm. don't... I think things like that are so different now. We're much more tech-savvy, and these viruses have kind of succumbed to things like identity theft and people just stealing passwords and things like that. Okay, it's all about it's all about the person, not the platform, right? These days, yeah, exactly. And people like us, not exactly famous. Nobody's really itching to steal our stuff. But of course, if they can compromise one of our passwords, why not? I get lots of stuff in my work email address more so than my Gmail account, mainly, I guess, because Gmail filters so well, and Outlook doesn't necessarily filter as well. Well, I was gonna say also probably your filtering software at work is a little more forgiving based on the number of international based email services that you get emails from too. Yeah, we did have a tr- with trouble with certain schools from certain countries where their headmasters and stuff were sending, were trying to send emails to us, but getting bounced back even before they made it anywhere near our system. Like they didn't even go to junk; they got kicked out, right? Right. Because of just totally blacklisted where, where they were coming. Yeah. Yeah. Let us talk about something new, Angelo. And I don't know if you've seen this game at all, but I want to talk about the most, the biggest flop of the year so far, game-wise. Uh, Lord of the Rings Gollum. Have you have you heard about this game at all? I've watched uh, the Oboshu's YouTube video about it. He he makes great videos. I, I think I've mentioned them on the show before, but he's a, he's a Twitch streamer, and then he streams these games and later basically puts them together into usually an 8 to 12-minute YouTube video. And lately he's been playing purposefully bad games right including Gollum, which is just he one played of the Gollum, yeah. great dumpster fires uh there are several links in the show notes if you want to head over there there is one from aswin gold where you get to see half rendered people wandering around you at would, one point yeah and you would think a property as big as lord of the rings would have a game that does not ship with just game breaking bugs I mean, and, some do, and that's where the day one patches come in, right? Yeah, I mean, Shadow of Mordor was an amazing, amazing Lord yeah. of the Rings game. This is not the case, though. So Gollum basically oh. is what you're doing is you're playing the, the role of Gollum, just sneaking around, trying to get stuff done. Um, and this is in between um, the Hobbit years and the Lord of the Rings years. And let me tell you, my friends, it is not good. The developer Datalik actually um, apologized a little while, uh, I think in May, uh, about how bad the game was. And now... The studio is actually shutting down and they'll only be publishing. They won't be actually creating games because of how catastrophic this has all been. And this is this was a a like a, a seventy to eighty dollar USD game here, not just not just, you know, some thirty dollar kind of flash and pan. No, here. no. Yeah, this is a full price non uh, budget game. I'd say like a fake triple A game almost, because it didn't feel like a triple A game at all. 
<laughs> Definitely doesn't look like one, that's for sure. So I'm, I'm adding the uh, Oboe Shoes link to our show notes so that people can actually watch it. Perfect. His, and then, uh... He's got some of the funnier videos. I actually watched a couple of Hitman videos with my daughter. She's so... My daughter's been pl- helping me play Hitman, which is... Uh, it seems like it would be a violent game, but I don't find it that violent. It's more cartoony and puzzle-like. And yeah. she absolutely loves it because Hitman 3 went on sale. It's been on my wish list for a long time. And what's great about Hitman 3 is you get Hitman 1, 2, and 3 all together with on the PS5. I've previously had the other two Hitmen on PS4. And uh, those load times, man... Uh, really get me on the PS4, but on the PS5, they're almost non-existent, so it makes it that much more enjoyable. So just capping people. Maybe your daughter has a lust for violence. Have you asked her about that? So it's shocking, the things she says when we play these, this game in terms of, like, she got very excited because one of the maps, you your target is a drug dealer, and uh, she said, I think we could fit him to his pet hippo. Let's do that. And we nice. did. Nice. I respect that. I respect the the ingenuity there uh, when it comes to games like that, and uh, you know, Tears of the Wild, uh, uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Sorry. Well, you mixed the both. Breath of the Wild. I know it's a, it's a best of right there, but yeah, both games right there. Um, I'm curious to know if anyone, or you know, uh, any listeners have played Gollum at all, and what their thoughts are, because I've watched multiple streamers play it, um, the, which has allowed <laughs> me to never want to spend any money on it. I just kind of seen have how many weird random deaths you can partake in how much the physics and the ledge detection and things like that are just really really off in the game yeah one of the things oboshu's games hates is uncharted climbing and this has the worst of the worst of uncharted climbing it's not good it's really not good it's uh it makes me sad to be a gamer so suffice to say you're not going to be rushing out to buy a ps5 to get this game uh, no, that is correct. Or PC, right? Okay. Or whatever it's on. Yeah. Uh, I'm good. I'm good, Angela. Okay. Good to hear. Fine. Uh, so let us head on over to the paranormal side of things after an abridged version of the tech side of things. Then we're going to talk a little bit about tech over there, too. How does that sound? Well, I mean, we need tech to do what we want to do in the paranormal. See you there. What could space be? What could it be made of? What the heck is all those lights out there? Is this just a black curtain with holes in it? I don't know. I'm trying to find out. Double density. Welcome back to Double Density. As always, we're switching gears from tech to the paranormal. So we have one topic this week, and it is a topic that has been brought to you. Thanks to our listener, Tyler, who picked a number from 1 to 100, and I found the corresponding entry in the Weird 100 book. So this week, we're going deep on the concept of time travel. So, Angelo, do not look up any definitions. Can you define what time travel means? It's the opportunity to move through time from your current location in time to a point either in the future or in the past. I would modify that with physically. Physically, yes, not mentally. Yes, so right? You, you could send well. You could send your consciousness through time, perhaps. Right? As a yeah, and uh, some of the movies that were mentioned in one of the links you gave me do talk about that. That is correct, but we'll get to that later. So, firstly, let us head on all the way back um, to several religious texts. I thought this would be a good framework to sort of talk about, like a historical way of talking about um, time travel throughout the past. So, firstly, in the Bible, there are accounts of individuals experiencing visions or being transported across time, like. In the book of Revelation, the Apostle John, 
was given uh, visions of the future, right? So um, the story of Ezekiel, and you know, also has instances where the prophet witnesses visions of of events beyond his present time, right? So you know, there's a couple of instances there of people being allowed to be peering into the future. So, um, and that's not a physical a, manifestation. No, exactly. Right? But so they're shown. The, yeah, yeah, this is the through the vision. So that's like you said, uh, the other way of moving through time. Yes, so let's also talk about the night journey of the Prophet Muhammad in the Quran, right? So it's believed that Muhammad was miraculously transported from Mecca to Jerusalem and ascended to the heavens, encountering various celestial beings and experiencing visions. So there he actually was moved through time, uh, physically, unlike Ezekiel and the Prophet John. Do you feel like you'd be given a, a, the short shift of the, if you were not able to move through time physically and just mentally it's kind of boring just, the consciousness thing you can yeah. interact with anything you can smell what the future's like well technically isn't that what quantum leap was quantum leap you're inhabiting other people's bodies right so you're actually in the body yeah but his consciousness yeah it's true so he was there yeah he was physically, physically inhabiting those things in right? a different in a i've different always wondered body. what the bodies go through once um the main character leaves them do they have the memories yeah that's what i'm wondering are you just were you just black out for a week remember the uh the one where he was uh I was going to say John Wilkes Booth, but not that guy. The other guy with the three initials who killed Kennedy. You're talking about Oswald? Lee, Lee Harvey Oswald, yeah. Yeah, so you're talking about Sam Beckett, right? Sam yeah. Beckett, Quantum he, Leap, yeah. Yeah, of he, he, was, he ended up as Lee Harvey Oswald. That was a really interesting two-part episode. My wife's crush, Scott Bakula from back in the day. Yeah, he also, he later, uh, he was able to Quantum Leap into the captain of the Enterprise. That is correct. Next up, let's talk about uh, the Hindu religion, right? So the Hindu epic, the Mahabharata. Contain stories where characters have visions of past and future fans. So once again, visions. More visions, actual, yeah. More visions. Um, living. For example, the sage Visa is said to have witnessed events from both the past and the future, allowing him to narrate the epic in its entirety, which I thought was kind of interesting. And then let's talk about the Buddhist scripture of the Tripitaka, um, which contains accounts of the Buddha's ability to perceive past lives and predict future events. This is often interpreted as a form of spiritual insight rather than literal time travel. So really, only Muhammad and the Quran experienced actual physical time travel yeah the, the buddha one is more like uh, dr manhattan from uh watchman right where he's <laughs> he's like in every moment in time yeah. every single second which seems exhausting yeah i agree i definitely um agree with that so i also tried to do a little bit of research about when the the concept of time travel within literature appeared because i thought it'd be interesting to talk about religious scripts and then also pure stories right so a journey to the west um, is a Chinese book, and it's all about uh, Sun Wukong, who's also known as the Monkey King. Um, so he possesses the ability to travel through time and space using his cloud somersaulting technique and his magical staff. So he traverses fast distances and visits different realms, including heaven, hell, and various mythical lands, showcasing a form of time and space traversal. While a supplement to the journey to the West may not explicitly focus on time travel it continues the tradition of incorporating fantastical elements supernatural encounters and mythical beings so i thought that was kind of interesting that he does he can both physically and spiritually just go through time you would wonder what the concept of the future would have been for them that is a great question i suggest we can buy a supplement to the journey of the west if you'd like angelo because, you know, for example, like when in 1985, when Back to the Future came out and the far-flung future of 2015 turned out to be pretty different from what we got in real life. Agreed. Um, we don't have the mini pizza ovens. That seems so convenient. <laughs> I agree. Angelo, would you care to talk about some scriptures from the West, though? We had stories like Rip Van Winkle, which is really hard to say. 
This is Three my 10th yeah. take of that uh, by Washington Irving. And it's not really a traditional time travel story. It's more of a short story that features a character who falls asleep and then wakes up after a long period of time. And it's uh, I, th- I think I was introduced to this concept by the Flintstones. If I'm not yeah, mistaken. I remember that vaguely. Yeah, yeah. Long beard wakes up. Fred. Everything's different. So it's 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 the theme of time and the sensation of traveling forward in time. And of course, everybody knows the Time Jump Machine by H. G. Wells, which I didn't like. I forget that H. G. Wells was in the 1800s and not the 20th century. I only yeah, wrote he was on the cusp. The, he was on the cusp. Yeah, of, so he's at the, the turn of the century, century right? So. Yeah. So and. I feel like that's where it starts to get more fantastical views of the future. And there's, you know, right then it's not all like uh, chariots and horses back then. Uh, they no, started having more of a sense of, of maybe flying machines and things like that. So it, it popularized the concept and introduced the idea of a, a machine that allows right. the protagonist to travel through time. So I guess this is the first instance of an actual time machine. Like industrialized time travel. Like he did. Can we say he coined the term? A time machine? I mean, we could, yeah, we could talk. I, I would be comfortable saying that probably. Like, it probably has come up informally before that, but it's probably like the first time it was just, it was like incorporated as a, a factual um, piece of technology, quote unquote, like factual. Now, movies, though. Movies is a, a vast list. And I went through the list and I'm <laughs> yeah. kind of upset that one of my favorite time travel movies is not in here. And, uh, and that would be Endgame, where they also make fun of other time travel movies. Right. Right. Yeah. So my kind uh, of fun. my very dear friend Alex Manley wrote um, a piece for Vulture two years ago. I want to say right now all about the top twenty five uh, best time travel movies ever, and and that could be a whole episode unto itself. So I feel like I'm just going to link to that. So if anyone's yeah. curious about uh, seeing the list and seeing what's on there, definitely hit up the link. What's the last time travel movie you watched, Ryan? Oh, I don't remember. I'd have to get on my letterbox. Please hold. Jeez, you'd have to travel time and figure I'd have it to out. travel to the past. I can answer. I can answer it. Right Go ahead, Vamp. Will I look this up? Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Watched all three with my kids, and we thoroughly enjoyed them. The third one's really good too. I was so pleasantly surprised when I watched the third one, and uh, it's great. They all had. They seem to have had a really good time making them. Agreed. Um, I'm just sad it didn't come out in theaters because I definitely would have gone to see that in theaters. Their daughters were great. And oh, gosh, I don't really, yeah, I don't really. Uh, I'm Bill's really daughter was in that really good movie. Uh, was it Till Death? Or what was it called? The movie where she was going to get married and they play hide and seek or ready or hide not. Seek, right? Yeah. Ready or not. Ready or not, ready or not. That was a great movie. A little different from Bill and Ted's uh, Excellent Adventure. Yeah, I'm not seeing many time travel movies here on my list, unfortunately. It's too bad. Well, go, go back. Well, so let's just say it was Bill and Ted's. Uh, uh, no, I face, saw something more recent than that because I watched that two years ago, so it must be uh, before or after that. Uh, yeah, I don't really have much, unfortunately. It looks it's like uh, a lot of non-time travel movies, unfortunately. Are you okay with that? I have a lot of dystopian movies from the future that I've watched, but they do not involve time travel, unfortunately. No, you're time traveling to a dystopian future by watching. Yeah, exactly. Slowly but surely. Um, it's the way we're all going, right? Yeah, and uh, the... Alex actually had some really good uh, choices there with pointing out that time loop movies are also time travel movies and they made the correct choice of putting Groundhog Day behind Palm Springs. Yes, <laughs> which is I think is a superior time travel movie or time loop so movie. So good. Be watching. Yeah. It's a movie See, that I I, that, I, I approached that with, after Bill and Ted. Okay, so there that's a more recent one, but it's a movie I approached with knowing nothing about, having no expectation and loving it cuz I I'm a fan of of Andy Samberg and Christina Milotti, so yeah. Well, there you go. That's a twofer. Yeah, it was great. 
So, you know, we talked about literature. I kind of gave you like a historical kind of social context. Let's talk about the science behind time travel and some of the more important parts of the last um, 200 years, right? So right now in our current timeline, time travel does not exist, but there are certain... um, I like how you said our current timeline. Well, yeah, you got to. By the way, your cat's loving the ground. I'm loving this. Oh, you can see her. Yeah, I see her tail and her flopping. Okay, yeah. I don't know why she normally doesn't sit there, but I think there are too many people upstairs. I've, so, uh, full disclosure, I've left a small dinner party upstairs to come record the podcast, <laughs> and they've been given orders to be a little more quiet than usual. Which is why we're kind of zooming through this a little bit. Uh, no, that's okay. It's okay. It's, uh, it was understood, and it's, it's very close friends, so they, they're totally cool with it. Let's talk about special relativity, right? So in the early 20th century, Einstein comes in with his theory, uh, his theory of relativity, and he's like, there's an interplay between space and time, and he introduces the idea of time dilation, right? Where time can pass differently um, for observers in relative motion. So for example, like um, an there's that cosmonaut who spent more than a, like a year and a half or whatever. I can't remember what the thing is, but he spent a lot of time in space, and he actually advanced by one twentieth of a second or something like that. Well, it's like Interstellar, uh, to name another movie. We're talking too many movies, but Interstellar... One of my favorite parts of that is when uh, one guy stays on the ship and the other two go down to the planet and they come back and he's been waiting there for like some 20-something years. Yeah, so we're moving from... And for them, it was a few hours. We're moving from special relativity to general relativity, which is the more boring relativity, right? Which is the <laughs> general. concept of gravity um, revealing how massive objects can actually warp the fabric of space. Gravity is just a theory, like evolution. Oh, right, because we're doing... Uh... We're doing the flat earth now. That's what yeah. we're doing here. We're doing flat earth stuff. Yeah, exactly. There's no science. <laughs> so let's talk about the 40s, right? So um, in the 1940s, mathematician Kurt Goodell discovered a solution to Einstein's field equations that allowed for the possibility of closed timeline curves, or CTCs. So CTCs are hypothetical paths through t- uh, space-time that have traversed would enable a person or object to return to their own past. However, the existence of CTCs raises paradoxes, such as the grandfather paradox, where one could change the past in a way that contradicts its own existence, right? So the idea here of, um, of you know, kind of existing in a tunnel, a time tunnel or something like that, right, that kind of goes from here all the way back, um, yeah. unbroken, and then if you start screwing with it, you start breaking bonds, and then everything becomes chaotic. See, I don't believe that, because in, I guess we'll talk about this later, but in my idea of time travel, it's a constant loop, so... You, you would always go back and do whatever you did, so you can't actually kill your grandfather and not be born. I see. I see. There are guardrails. Yeah, there's something that would prevent you to That's do like that. It's like Final Destination, right? The idea of Final Destination is that like you've been marked, you have to die. Yeah, exactly. So let's talk a little bit more about like the modern concept of, of time travel, right? which is through the use of a wormhole, right? So, you know, in, um, in the last, like, I'd say, like, 30 or 40 years, the concept of wormholes or hypothetical tunnels of shortcuts or shortcuts through space-time that could potentially connect different regions or different times, right? So the idea of folding space, for example, right? And how yeah. you kind of are able to, to enter um, uh, one period of time and then re-enter into another period of time, right? So theoretical work on wormholes in space-time t- topology has investigated whether such structures could allow for time travel, but their viability remains highly speculative and hinges on the existence of exotic matter with negative energy. Anytime the scientist guy has to explain time travel using wormholes to the uh, regular people in a movie, he always uses a piece of paper. Yeah, just right, folding it folds it together. Paper. We're yeah. here, and they're over here, 
And if we fold it like this, we'll get there instantaneously. That is correct. Like just thinking about, you know, um, the Large Hadron Collider, what it's doing right now, right? Because it's, uh, it's been in operation, what, 12 to 13 years at this point, 2010, 2011, right? So they're just doing all kinds of experiments over there. And we never really hear about it anymore. Well, no, because they don't want us to know. Of course. Oh, I'm so stupid. If there was going to be a time traveler, wasn't there something about a time traveler and uh, the Hadron Collider or something? Or was that just like a fake Reddit post? That was a fake Reddit post. Oh, too bad. Yeah. So lastly, let's talk about um, quantum mechanics and time travel paradoxes, right? So quantum mechanics has further contributed to the discussions of time travel, right? So it allows for the existence of multiple possible outcomes leading to the consideration of time travel scenarios involving quantum particles and their superposition, right? Do you know what superposition is? Have we talked about superposition? I vaguely know of the concept and the word rings a bell, but so if I had to explain it, yeah. I would not be able to. So essentially, it's the, the ability to exist in different states at the same time. Okay. So that, and yeah, and that's, I guess, one of the major tenets of quantum theory. Normally, when you want to kind of explain something away, you just say quantum mechanics. And then the person <laughs> who's asking the question yeah, exactly. just kind of says, okay, exactly. cool. Well, I feel like this has opened up the door. Um, you know, we talked about time travel movies. Like, this has opened up the door for things like the multiverse, right? I just think that, like, this has kind of kicked open the door to explain how these things work. Yeah, that's how they're going to bring back Thanos and all the, uh, the other characters that, pe- that people want to get no, back good. into the uh, MCU. I know I've said this before, but, like, a lot of those, you know, uh, multidimensional... Multiverse movies are just an excuse for boys um, when you were back, you know, when you were a kid to have, you know, smashing your action figures against each other from different like time periods or, or franchises or whatever. That's yeah, what that's like. why we're loving it. Yeah. So, you know, uh, the study of time travel paradoxes is also like complex, right? So not only do we have to worry about the actual act of time traveling, but also the consequences of time traveling and changing things. Yeah, you end up changing the entire world. Now, going back to Endgame, they kind of explained this, but I never really understood how they explained it in that if you go back in time, you're not actually changing the future you're coming from because you're already there and you can't change it, but you're creating a separate branch to something else if you go back in time. Right? I was feeling it's like a a suggestion of like a footnote of a footnote of a footnote. Yeah. Continue onwards. Yeah. And then, you know, you see everybody getting upset that Back to the Future lied to them. So let's go from the here and the now to <laughs> um, your favorite kind of discussion about time travel. Let's talk about some new age concepts uh, that touch on time travel. Really? Do we have to? Yeah, we have to. Uh-huh. The first one is uh, past life regression, right? So the idea here um, is that you can kind of see your own past and know who you used to be. Which um, is... You can access past life memories in order to understand um, insights into your own current life, you know, um, by being informed by the past but like the deep past like sometimes decades if not centuries yeah and you're basically just creating your own memories to kind of fit in what your vision is of things i wonder if it's ever been proven right i remember a news story about a little kid who was talking about being a fighter pilot in world war ii and a lot of the stuff he was saying oh yeah we talked about that a while back yeah but i don't like there was never any concrete proof to actually prove what he was saying was true right do you know the concept the the concept of, of samsara do you know this at all have we talked about the buddhist concept of samsara the like life death cycle and like rebirth cycle have we talked about that? I can't remember. well i mean if, if you watch the video she's in she comes and kills you while when she walks out of the tv right <laughs> right because it's been over seven days yes so that's it yeah but the idea here is that like unconsciously you're always striving to accu- accumulate like a lot of karma throughout your lives in order yes to, and then to, to ascend 
to not become a, a bug or something. Yeah, exactly. Right. So it's kind of an unconscious way of um, viewing your life stream throughout your various states. I've heard of the concept, but I never realized what it was, what it was called. So, so yeah. the second concept I want to touch on is astral projection or OBEs, out-of-body experiences. You love that stuff. I do. So, Angela, why don't you tell me about OBEs? Isn't he part of the Wu-Tang Clan? <laughs> astral projection and out-of-body experiences are new age teachings that Proposed individuals can temporarily separate them, their consciousness from their physical body and explore the realms and dimensions. And I think it's dumb. I don't think it makes sense. I think you're just kind of imagining things. And it's sort of like wish fulfillment. So I think that in our future, probably not for a little while, but I want to do an episode about Robert Monroe and the Monroe Institute. Okay. And what is that? That's out-of-body experience a, he, stuff? Yeah. He was, a large, he was a large proponent of OBs. He had one. He formed the Monroe Institute in order to further research about those things. And he was quite big, you know, mostly in the 90s. He appeared on, on Coast to Coast AM a couple of times. And just there's a ton of, like, really, really interesting stuff that he has covered that I think would be worth um, poking around. And I have a couple of his books lying around. I think he wrote two or three books. I have two of the three. And, yeah, it's all about interesting um audibility like how to activate autobody experiences and may may i get new agey for a moment go ahead i like to meditate it helps with mental health it helps with just feeling better and some of the best meditations i have is when i'm sitting down and i just picture myself walking out of the house and going for a walk in my neighborhood trying to picture it exactly as it is if i were actually going for a walk that is one of the ways in which i help myself fall asleep if i'm having a little trouble falling asleep i have that i pretend to take a walk in my mind of leaving the front door and going to take a walk yeah it's super relaxing wouldn't you say i mean if it helps you fall asleep condor comes and wrecks my life well that how does that help you fall asleep though that's a nightmare (laughs) at that point well, it's a way. Are there many condors in no, Verdun? There's just a, a no, pair you're of not annoying... in Verdun. You're an NDG, but still, same correct. thing. Um, no, there's a pair of annoying crows who I think because I live next to an A and W, they eat from the A and W trash, and so they're like loving living around here. But their calling is incessant and annoying, and they remember. So don't cross. Them. I know, I know. I'm always nice to them. If I see them, I wave to them. You give them shiny objects. <laughs> I should try that. Actually, yeah. All right, let's talk about some news stories involving time travel. And I, I, I specifically selected newer stuff because I think that, like, it has the most interesting coverage and the most complete coverage. The most famous, of course, is John Tiro, right? So uh, in the early 2000s, a man named John Tiro claimed he was from the year 2036. Um, he claimed to have come through um, a station wagon, and he was posting on online forums all about the oncoming of civil war, right? And then we never heard from him again. We've talked about him a few times and enjoyed talking about him because it's such a far out insane idea that this guy was going on different forms this is pre pre reddit as well that is correct yeah so well, there's early 2000s yeah so it was that php yeah db or whatever the the popular software was of the time yeah and then you, you can get it on uh news net forums uh, through <laughs> outlook express uh, yeah exactly and then I want to talk about Andrew Carlson, who in 2003, so various tabloids had reported that this guy was making millions um, uh, in stock market trades based on intimate knowledge of the future, right? So <laughs> um, it was claimed that Carlson traveled from the future and was arrested by the FBI. However, no one could actually find Carlson. Andrew Carlson was just a figment of a couple of reporters' imagination. So 
there was no verifiable evidence that he actually existed anywhere. But it was a fun story to push through tabloid father, right? Did you ever, it makes me think of, did you ever look at that photo of the time-traveling hipster? Yes. Yeah, I know and exactly it, what you're talking about, yeah. And it, and it turns out it's it's not a time-traveling hipster. It's just a, a guy who was sort of dressed like that in, uh, but it was of the time because, turns out, he was wearing a Montreal Maroons hockey jersey. I just, I just sent you a link to the picture, but you'll if you look at it, you'll see it is exactly the picture you're thinking of, right? Yeah, dude with sunglasses. Saying, yes. I sent it on your iPhone uh, internet communication. This is the thing with Angelo. When you and I do an episode, I have to go f- to find my various devices in order. But to don't you have? I'm on my, my on my Mac. I don't. I, sa- I don't. Oh. You don't it's have a super connect? annoying if I do. Oh, yeah, I know the exact photo you're talking about. And I'm staring at it right now. Yeah, and people always said he was a time traveler, but obviously he just looks like he's out of place because everybody's clean cut. He's got kind of like weird sunglasses, shaggy looking. Uh, but yeah, he's he's of that time. It just it's so distracting how different he looks from everybody yeah, else. Yeah, of course, of course. Well, my cat. I just pushed my cat with my foot back. Yeah, she wandered in. I saw her wandering very slowly, and I heard a, a little meow. I'm almost terrified that I'm going to run over her. Double density. The the caster wheels on this office chair are quite uh, spectacularly good, so I can roll very quickly. I would definitely win any office chair race in this thing. <laughs> against who like listeners or just anyone in general i challenge anyone to an office chair race in my basement i love this i love the idea right yeah. um and then of course we're talking about uh stephen Haw- we've talked about stephen hawking's like party of the future right so he threw a party at uh, cambridge university and only people who had specific idea of where the party was would show up and no one ever did and then finally well not finally so penultimately the time traveler convention so in 2005 uh, a bunch of students from MIT organized the time traveler convention so the event was supposed to attract actual time travelers uh, with attendee- with attendees asked to come back from the future and attend the convention so despite a lot of media attention no one actually showed up so angela i think if you and i attain um, time traveling abilities you and i are going to go back to 2005 to go to MIT to but we won't because nobody ever did not yet it's happened and nobody ever did. So if, if my concept of time travel holds true, then it's a loop and we would have already been there, but we didn't. Oh, I see. Okay. Right. Right. Interesting. All right. Let's talk about one that I didn't hear a lot about when it was going down. I did a bunch of research on this. So this is a, ti- a Chinese time traveler. So in 2011, a Chinese media reported on a story about a name, a man named Li appearing in the city of Chongqing in southern western china who claimed to be from the future so he allegedly traveled back to warn humanity about an impending alien invasion however the story was later revealed to be a publicity stunt for a gaming company and the individual involved admitted it was all a hoax so no alien invasion impending right now those it makes me wonder the, those monoliths that were showing up here were those some sort of thing for a game or did we ever figure out what those monoliths no there's never any concrete answers coming out for, okay. for that one so it just kind of exists in the ether right now. Okay, or, or those videos of weird objects flying over places. That's fine. Yeah. Those are drones. It's fine. I hope. So, Angela, what do you think of the concept of time travel? I Time travel is one of my favorite things. Yeah. There was I can't a, think about it too much because then I get lost in all the contradicting theories behind it. Yeah, there's too many theories to go behind it. I, I, I like mine personally, but who knows? I'm, not, I'm no Einstein over here. Not yet, you mean. I like... Uh, Look, I, you couldn't pay me a million dollars to tell you the name of the book I read this in, but I had this book of paranormal things that had happened, and I think it was time-related, and there was one where these people were traveling through the countryside in England to 
go to like some inn or something, and they end up at this inn after going through fog, and everything seemed really outdated in the inn. And then when they stayed overnight, and then when they left, they came back to it, and it was gone because they had actually traveled in time and stayed at an old timey inn in actual the old times. But none of the none of the locals were confused about their dress or anything. No, not really. Huh. Okay. But that those are details I probably don't remember specifically. Right. But I wish this I feels could like find an that book. Story almost. Like yeah, just, definitely. Like I'm just making. Type of story. I may have dreamed it up. I'm I'm a writer. <laughs> you could be honestly. You could yeah. be like a very decent writer if you tried. If I tried, I love time travel. I hate time travel. I both love and hate it. I'm you know superposition. I exist in two states all at once. Yeah. Uh, about 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 time travel. My cat is trying to eat my office chair. Well, that's good. She, she, knows just, you, she heard you boast, and she like doesn't want you to win. One of the little handles underneath the chair is now wet because she had her mouth on it. <laughs> She's helping us out here. Um, like I'm kind of curious, though, Angelo. Uh, are you ready for next week? So you know nothing about Vance Davis. Nothing, and you gave me two episodes. So do I have to listen to both episodes? Yes, that is correct. Okay, I'm giving perfect. you homework. You should be able to do this. Like nine hours of Coast to Coast AM. Nine hours? What are you talking about nine hours? Let me just check. 3,200 hours. <laughs> Perfect. No, I'll, what, see, I'll yeah. see you in a decade. One episode's two hours and 47 minutes. One actually is quite short, an hour and 44 minutes with uh, yeah, R.C. Hogue yeah. in it. Yeah, so I'll have to do with some Hogand. Hogand man. Richard C. Hogand. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm very intrigued to hear your thoughts on this because I think you're going to enjoy it a lot. In terms I mean, of I know Gulf story. Breeze. It has nothing yeah. to do with that, though. Oh, too bad. Yeah, I know. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, it kind of. Well, I will not say anything until next week. No, I'll be listening. That. Next week will be my last episode for a week, right? Because then I'll be going away to see the mouse. That's right, and I'll be uh, recording with my wife. She showed me something, and I think I mentioned this last episode too. She showed me a piece of her history that I definitely want to talk about on the podcast. We'll be definitely dissecting that. Does it have to do with uh, Canadian uh, teen melodramas? Not at all, Angela. Which is the good news. Okay. Where can people find us, by the way? On the internet, you can go to Reddit, but our thing is private. You can go to Twitter, but we're 600 posts down, so you won't find us. But you can also find this at doubledensity.net, and you can fill out a form, and we'll read your request and maybe honor it on the show. Who knows? Where else can people Send us a random number. Maybe we'll talk about it. (laughs) Like remote viewing almost? Yeah. So where else can people find us, though? Uh, Instagram at doubledensitypodcast.instagram.com. I mean, listen, you're trying. Yeah, I, like, yeah. I appreciate you trying. You know, it's a, it's a lot to do this, I know. but Do they, do they really want to find this on Twitter, though? They could. Double underscore density. I'm still there. I'm still posting. Good. I was mocking homophobes yesterday. It was fun. That's on the show account. Yeah. yeah. So this has been it for episode 233 of the Density Podcast. And as always, you can tune in because next episode, I'm taking an overs- a comically oversized mallet, right? And I'm ramming it into Angelo's butt to throw him into a time tunnel. Like, that's what I'm doing. I'm coming over and I'm just ramming you into a time terminal. And I want you to come back with some lottery number winners. For I'm, I think I'm going to call Art Bell and tell him about the future. That'd be interesting if you were actually right. And I'll, I'll tell him I'm, I'm coming from a time where you're actually dead. And there's this R- little yeah, podcast R- listening to old episodes of yours, <laughs> talking about them. Really We've created a, a so-called stick. cargo cult based on you, sir. So good yeah. luck. Yeah. All right, Angela, I will see you next week, my friend, when we talk Vance Davis and the Gulf Breeze 6. Don't forget to like and subscribe.
fed up of you getting mad at me. Excuse me. What a loser you are. 